Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit for Amazon Sellers podcast. It's Kirsty Nizek here from Real Coaching, and we're here to help you get some invaluable insights about how to succeed long-term on Amazon by creating a cash-generating business that puts money back in your pocket instead of flying out the window. And this week, we're going to be speaking with Chelsea Cohen of SoStock about some of the things it takes to be successful on Amazon these days and what insights she has been seeing through her software company that she can share with us today. That's right. So Chelsea, you've been in the Amazon space now for quite a while. She's also the co-founder of So Stocked. I always want to keep on to say So Stoked. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a so play stoked. on that. Yeah, exactly. So Stoked to work with So Stocked. Um, but it is a, it's an awesome tool that helps our Amazon sellers track and manage their inventory. Also, they're forecasting their sales, which is a, you know, it's a big part of managing your business. And we're going to get into some of the details around that as well. And to make sure that you never run out of stock, right? Because we know now... You know, back in the day, we could run out of stock, we could come back in, we could keep our page one position. But it seems nowadays, you know, maybe just even a week out of stock, it costs you so much more money to get your, you know, your listing back up in those page one rankings. So it's really important as you scale your business that you manage your stock uh, in the right way. She was also a seven figure sell Amazon seller and also looking to help Amazon sellers scale their business as well and keep their cash flowing by keeping in stock, as we said. So before we jump into all the cool stuff that So Stocked can do and to help sellers, let's just hear a little bit about you, your journey. How did you end up in this crazy space of Amazon? Sure. Um, yeah. So I have always been entrepreneurial minded. I mean, when I was a little kid, I was trying to set up, you know, a little store. We had a private school and I tried to set up a little store and then my neighbor got mad. And, you know, so I've always been trying to start businesses and uh, I got stuck for a little while in, you know, sort of the um, nine to five space. My husband and I, we were looking for something. And we swore we weren't going to do any more network marketing. And then we got looped into a network marketing thing. And right around the time we were uh, trying to talk to my, our friends about, you know, whatever we were pushing at that time, we heard about Amazon and selling on Amazon and friends of ours who had never done anything like that before were doing, doing well, you know, six figure business at the time. And we figured if they could do it, then we could do it. So we ditched what we were doing, signed up for, uh, for the Amazing Selling Machine course, which uh, a lot of people have done. And that's kind of the entryway and kind of the, the first course that really came on the scenes. So that was 2014. Our business took off right away and we ended up leaving our jobs and, you know, just been kind of an adventure from there, just finding, um, you know, finding these communities and uh, sort of, falling into helping people out because we were getting lots of questions. So uh, that was kind of how we ended up, you know, getting on stage or a podcast and things like that. Yeah, no, it's interesting how that happens, isn't it? Because often, you know, we did a class the other night and, you know, people are like, well, why you're making all this money on Amazon? You know, why, why do you kind of do this thing? But it's generally that point. It's because people have, still have problems. And if you've actually solved those problems, you know what it's like to go through 
that problem, right? And uh, so just being able to kind of help people out along that journey so that they don't have to make the same mistakes as us and, you know, make the same amount of money mistakes as what we have as well, right? Which is awesome. Well, I think everybody has that innate uh, thing in their brain that everybody's out for themselves and nobody wants to help anybody. It's like, mm-hmm. is that the world we want to live in now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, and that, that's actually uh, one of the, one of the things that, that we recognized is that we were more interested in helping people than just, you know, building a brand on Amazon. Uh, so we tend to gravitate towards that, but of course you've got to be profitable still. So it's, you know, finding that balance between how do I, you know, do what I'm really passionate about and, and, you know, still be successful and do well. So that's mm-hmm. kind of been that, that curve that we've, uh, that we found. Yeah. Cause they're not mutually exclusive either. Right. So yeah. you, just because you're making money doesn't mean to say you can't be helpful as well at the same time. So, exactly. um, so yeah. So how did you end up then? So obviously you've got your business going, you and your husband, and then you kind of fell into the helping people coaching space as well, I think. And then mm-hmm. obviously co-founded so stock. So what kind of, how did you end up in that direction? Yeah. Um, the first time we ever got into coaching, we were doing some things on our own, uh, just to help people out, we created a little website because we didn't want to answer the same questions over and over again. So we kind of put some free content up there. And then we ended up working with Ryan Moran. He was starting out um, a mentorship program. So we ended up doing some mentorship for, for his kind of beginner guys. And that kind of you know set, set the pace. Uh, then I started talking about the subject of copywriting. You know, I have a copywriting agency uh, now from, from all of that. But it's these things where you get into masterminds, you start to talk and you realize that you're doing something different than maybe other people are doing. And so that's kind of how we got into, uh, into helping people is that we realized there were certain things or certain, uh, techniques that we had that could help people that, you know, uh, kind of got us started. And so in 2018, um, that was when I started my, my agency. Uh, and then it was around that same exact time that, my business personally was really struggling in terms of profitability, which is why I really like that you guys are emphasizing profitability because I think if you, you know, you guys are, you know, came up around the same time as I did, there was a lot of emphasis on the top line and, you know, what, what are you, you know, what are your sales and sales don't really mean anything. Uh, so profitability became one of my focuses because I realized that year after year that profit was shrinking trying to figure out what that was. And a lot of it led me back to the inventory side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny that you mentioned that sales don't really mean anything because to a person starting out, that's all that they care about, right? It's like, well, I got to get sales. How am I, how am I going to make money if I don't have sales? Uh But what we're saying here is that literally if you're having to do relaunches and do, you know, launch services and and ads that are not profitable, you can have a hundred thousand dollars in sales, but you might only make a thousand dollars in profit. Why would you want to build a business like that when you could do it? You know, you could probably get a thousand dollars profit from a 10 or $15,000 business easily if you do it right. right. So you do a lot less work, you're spending a lot less money and you're making more per per product than if you actually just went out and tried to just scale it and, and do crazy things that you're never going to make profit on. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about the inventory process because it has been, you know, a pretty big deal since COVID, uh, you know, with, you know, even getting your products into Amazon, then having the ASIN restrictions, uh, you know, obviously that, that means that basically you can only have a certain amount of inventory per product now in Amazon, which they didn't used to have that. Yeah. Um, so why do you think from your experience, it's so important to manage your inventory properly to sell on Amazon? Yeah. So now more than ever, Amazon is, they're creating policies, more and more policies that are kind of 
forcing us to kind of grow up a little bit in the inventory management aspect of our business, you know, creating restrictions. If you have a low score, you know, they're now we, I don't know how many people actually knew what inventory performance index was until last year uh, when they kind of dropped a bomb uh, and, and use your ability or inability to properly manage your inventory as a, a yardstick to how much inventory you're allowed to send in. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amazon, I think at first they wanted just tons and tons of sellers. And now they have, they have tons and tons of sellers. Um, and that's not really a problem for them now. So they're now realizing that space is probably one of their bigger commodities and they need to start restricting space and they no longer want to be a storage facility, which is what they've been for us for a long time. They now just want to be a distribution channel and they want to force that storage aspect, uh, onto the sellers and third-party warehousing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a pretty good point because. I think it used to be when you first started out with a product, whether you were good at selling or not, had any experience or not, you're like, I'm going to send a thousand, 1500, 2000 units into Amazon. Mm -hmm. And if it takes me two years to sell it all, so be it. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Maybe yeah. they'll, they'll slap me with a long-term storage fee of a couple grand here or there, but in the end, I'll make all my money back. And now it's like, no, no, no. Like Amazon's actually making these decisions based on good business sense, right? Like, Hey, we don't want to just store a bunch of crap in here that doesn't sell forever. Let us actually only stock the stuff that makes sense. So they restrict how much you can send in on a new products to 200. Um, sometimes I think people are saying that they've seen it lifted for them, but as far as I know, on all my, all my brands, it's still 200. Yeah. Um, and basically from there, it'll say like, okay, are you doing well? Or are you, are you struggling? Once you start doing well and getting your FBA inventory moving, then we'll increase your, your storage, uh, storage limits. And I think it's a smart business tactic as, as annoying and frustrating as it is, especially for people who are good sellers and know that they're going to have those products work. It's only going to help understand that, you know, in the end, this process becomes essentially more standardized, but um, it, it benefits the people who know what they're doing because you're going to get that, that, that competitive advantage faster versus mm -hmm. people who don't. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like there's, there's the entire industry is kind of growing up. You know, we have been marketers, you know, you know, uh, internet marketers, Amazon marketers. Now we're being kind of forced into or growing up into becoming a more rounded business, you know, because there's inventory or there's marketing inventory and cash flow. And I feel like there's that, that gap that's bridged. Everyone feels the cash flow crunch. And whenever there's conversations around scaling, it's always around cash flow. But cash flow ties into inventory so much that it really needs to be part of that conversation. And I think that people are starting to realize, you know, uh, you get a broker that says, you know, that looks at valuation. And one of their first questions is, how often have you stocked out? Or when was the last time you stocked out? It's mm -hmm. not, have you ever stocked out? It's when was the last time you stocked out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. funny because, you know, we, we've been talking about this stuff for five years, trying to help people build their businesses. And I think now people are starting to actually see the, the real thing because back then, Kirstie, you can, you can vouch for this. Everybody's like, no, nah, I'll just get a product and sell it. And then I'll just pick a random other product and sell it. And it works to some extent, but now it's like, oh, well, guess what? Mm -hmm. This business model actually makes a lot more sense if you do it properly. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's yeah. what you mean by a lot of these, you know, grow up and oh. become an actual business owner. Yeah. An interesting thing is that, so in my background before Amazon, I was in marketing. So I was in a marketing role in a big company. But as a marketer, I had to do my own inventory. You know, um, I didn't have to manage the inventory. I wasn't a demand planner. But essentially, as the marketer, as the owner of the brand, I had to sit down with a demand planner 
and plan out what my forecast was going to be as a marketer, right? But when yeah. you've got a marketing university and all sorts of stuff, they don't really tell you that stuff, right? They just give you all the kind of cool, nice, shiny stuff that, you know, hey, great, make some great ads and, you know, have the insight for the customer. But when you're managing a business, you need to really understand, like you just said, that flow, not only from how much stock do I need, but then when do I need to reorder? And then what's my just, we call it the just-in-time policy, right? So that means that you're not tying up a bunch of money mm-hmm. in capital, in inventory. And that's exactly what Amazon are trying to do, right? Because essentially they've probably worked out that, yeah, we make more money by turning by turning um, stock over than what we do storing crap, like you, <laughs> you said. Isaac. <laughs> and so they want to free up that space for turnover, not for, you know, holding crap that they don't need. So it's so that's awesome. So mm-hmm. with um, so stock then, so you found that a problem in your business, you're obviously working with a bunch of people and they were probably seeing the same thing. And I think people mm-hmm. run into this more when they start scaling as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously Amazon have come out with more stuff. So how does so stock to help sellers kind mm-hmm. of figure all that out? Because yeah. no one really kind of gives you a degree in uh, inventory management, right? Or supply chain management. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, and there's not a lot of courses out there that really go in, in depth about it. Because um, it's boring, god dang it. <laughs> you know, but people don't they they need to understand it so that they can outsource it. And so that's one of the things that I that I like to talk about is there if you put these systems in place, then you can start to outsource it. But you've got so many people that are working on gut feel and mm. you know, oh, I just have to look at it and I have to think about it, and then they you know have to export all the reports, and it takes just a long time to to figure that out. And so they never get it off their plate and they've got a million other things to do, and so and they don't have that systemized. Um, you know, every week I look at my inventory, it's like you, you look at your inventory when you think about it, and then you realize that you thought about it too late. Um, and so in terms of what our approach was, is it's actually two things. And I like the fact that you brought up marketing and how marketing has to do with inventory. Um, because having, you know, having a copywriting agency, we've done email campaigns for marketing purposes, lightning deals and, you know, Mother's Day sales and all of that. And I've also talked to hundreds of sellers by now about their inventory and what they've done to stock out. I've talked to, you know, PPC agencies and what their process is when they bring on a, a client and have you ever as an agency stocked out your clients and almost invariably it's yes. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's this disconnect between marketing and inventory. Yeah. So you've got these systems that look at past sales, um, but they don't have any tools to do any future marketing planning, right? Because you don't intend to do, you know, just what you did last year, right? Otherwise there's no growth. So you need to put these marketing plans into your inventory plans. And so that's something that we talk about a lot. We call it inventory minded marketing. And it's really just having those two departments talk to each other, getting information from the marketing team to the inventory team so that they can plan for what uh, the marketing team wants to do uh, so they can avoid stockouts. And so you know, the marketing team says, hey, these are the SKUs we're going to be pushing. We're going to do, you know, increase it by 20% on PPC. Marketing can, or inventory can kick it back and say, these two SKUs are running out of stock. That's not going to work. You need to hold off. You can do it with the rest of them. We'll increase the order next time. So that's really, you know, one of the aspects that we've kind of incorporated is allowing marketing to be part of that inventory plan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So that's exactly the process that we used to use, right? So we'd have our demand planners and they would pull up, hey, here's your run rate, right? We call it the run rate, which I'm sure this is what you guys do. Yeah. And it's, this is what you did. Is there anything within that? That was an anomaly that shouldn't have yeah. been there, right? Yeah. Um, and you're like, yeah, you know, we did this campaign. We're not going to do it again. Um, yeah. Or yeah, this this dip here was because we got kicked out of a you know, a retailer or something. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of then smooth out that baseline, right? And then as you said, are you going to grow? Yeah, I reckon we're going to grow by X amount. And then we're going to do a big push on lightning deals here. I'm going to up my PPC mm-hmm. from July. I'm launching a new product. So I'm going to stick that one on there as well. And then you can start to build up not only inventory, but then that translates into your sales and your profit. Because once you know, you're, you can then easily see, well, in 12 months time, I'm going to hit a 3 million business or a 5 million business or whatever that is. And so it's not, it, it's not one, they're not mutually exclusive in terms of, I've just got to get my inventory right. Yeah. The whole f- process feeds into an inspiration around exactly how much money, if I put the money into these core things here, it's mm-hmm. going to have this effect on my sales. Yeah. And therefore I'm going to make this at the end of the year or in two years time or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah and I was going to say, we have a, we have a client who just kind of came back to us after not essentially not working with us for a year. And he was like, I have, I haven't moved up in my business. Like I'm still at $25,000 a month. Like I'm stuck at this place. Um, I'll just call him Gary or as the Australians call him Gaza. Cause uh, he's Australian. But uh, mm-hmm. um, essentially the, the thing was, is he's like, you guys need to make sure that I've got my marketing right. Because that's the thing that's holding me back. And then I went over and looked over his stuff and I was like, well, Gary, you're, you've run out of stock like three times in peak periods. Mm-hmm. He's like, so why didn't you order more? And he's like, well, because in the past, I never sold more. Uh-huh. I was like, well, the past doesn't dictate what you're going to do this year. Like plan ahead to grow. Right. And he's like, the reason why you haven't got past $25,000 is because you've never allowed yourself to do so. Uh-huh. So then as soon as he realized that, oh yeah, I need to keep in stock. He, like literally I just showed him, I'm, I'm like, if you keep your daily sales right now and stay in stock for a whole month, you'd hit $40,000. Uh-huh. He's like, oh Yeah. And that's just on the one product, like his main product. If he just stayed in stock on his main product, one product, he yeah. would have hit his goal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, mind was blown. I was like, so you just crushed your goal. From just yeah. And I was like, is it cash flow that's holding you back? He's like, no, I got plenty in the bank. I was like, oh my God, what is happening wow. right now? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I think it's a pretty common thing that people just underestimate things or just don't feel comfortable making a bigger order because they don't have any data to base that off of. And they just think it's like a number pulled out of thin air when you can actually look down and, and deep into it and say, well, look at literally look at the daily sales and then just yeah. extrapolate that over three or four months and see how that works yeah. out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why we actually use daily adjusted velocity. Um, it's not something that Amazon even uses when they, you know, the, they basically you have to remove all those stockouts and, and figure out what your true velocity is, yeah. you know? And so that's kind of one of those things that we, sort of start to reteach people. And again, Amazon, when you stock out, they're not looking, they're looking at your total sales. So even their forecasting algorithm is not very, very accurate to that. Yeah. Mm. So with, um, if, if a seller was thinking, yeah, this sounds awesome. I'm always running out of stock or even, I suppose there's two types of sellers, right? There's going to be one that feels that that's a problem right now and they want to fix it. And then you've got the people that it's not a problem right now, but they don't realize it's going to be a problem in the future, right? So yeah. what would you no, say first? I just don't know it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so with the first person that's felt the pain, you know, how would you work with them? What would they, you know, how does So Stock to help them um, up front? 
Yeah. So um, the one of the things is that we have best inventory management best practices built into the system. So the first thing that that should be done is uh, to establish what's called a buffer stock. You know, a, a safety stock is also what it's called. It's that extra cushion uh, that you basically you're not saying I'm going to order and then when I get to by the before I get to zero I'm going to send inventory and it's I'm going to order and then before I get to say you know 30 days I'm going to make sure my inventory is in there and that has you know various different repercussions in terms of um, it's just good to have enough inventory spread across the country for shipping purposes, but it's also, you know, if things go wrong, you know, if you've got a storm off the coast of China, or you've got container shortages like we're experiencing now, all of these things, you have that extra little bit of, of inventory that, you know, is kind of like your emergency stock. So that's kind of the first thing is, you know, setting everything for, you know, buffer stock. So that's one of the things in the system, looking at your daily velocity uh, adjusted for sales spikes and stockouts that won't be recurring, and then putting your marketing into your inventory. So the system is built out to allow you to put all these data points in. And it's really very much um, understandable and, and, controllable, right? You can change a lot of things in it. When we first started out, we had this idea that algorithms, one size fits all algorithms didn't really work. So we customized the forecasting, but it was still too algorithmically based. And when we were working with our beta testers, uh, they basically said, well, my spreadsheet works, right? We know most people are on spreadsheets. My spreadsheet works, but there are some problems with it. There's some, you know, a lot of time involved. There's human error. There's, you know, it's not as granular as I'd like. So we basically ripped out the entire forecast that we had set up six months into going live and redid it based on these forecasts that, you know, these seven and eight figure sellers were already using and figured out what, what works with the, with the, uh, what works with a spreadsheet, what doesn't work with a spreadsheet and kind of baked it in so that you can understand all of the numbers. You can understand what is actually happening with the numbers. When can you expect your inventory to arrive, you know, and adjust all of those data points based on what is actually going to happen in your business. Yeah. Cool. And what I like about what SoStock does is obviously it pulls the information directly through Amazon's API. I yeah. went in there and checked my stock today. Just be like, oh, maybe I need to send some stock in because my sales have increased because I'm doing some price testing just to like get my ranking back. It's mm -hmm. really well. I'm like doubled sales from the last week. So um, I'm like, okay, well, what is so stock state? Are, are all these like anomalies or what does it look like? And it actually showed an increase and it's saying, you know, okay, you're going to have to order earlier or, or yeah. send in your stock that you have on hand in earlier. And I was like, well, that's great. Cause I'm not going to pay attention to that right now. Cause it's like two months away or a month away. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just note it right now and then check so stocked every week. And if it's like, Hey, you got to send it by next week, then I'll send it by next week. Right. Whereas yeah. I, there's no way I'm going to check that in a spreadsheet that often. Right. And yeah. You got to download everything. And, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a big thing is because you know the downloading everything, it takes so long and we're so busy that we tend to procrastinate and put it off. We also, you know, as business owners running tight on funds, sometimes try to push it out because we know we're going to have to make those payments. So we're like, ah, how long can I get? You know, and so that becomes a problem too, but then you stock out and then it, you know, shorts your, your cash even further. So, you know, it gets into kind of this stock mm. out. But also, I think it's one of those things that generally, not everyone, but generally we're more creators than detail oriented people. Right. And so actually my business, my, um, 
my business partner is an ex-supply chain director from where I used to work. He was actually my ex-boyfriend as well. So I was lucky because he's into all that stuff. And so he just does it. But for me, I just, that's just the last thing I want. I know how to do it. I just don't want to do it, right? And so I think we, we put all that spreadsheet stuff off because we're just like, we just can't be bothered. We want to focus on the nice, shiny stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it's awesome that you've got a tool and you don't, it's not that you have to get in like an SAP or something like that, right? That's going to have to manage all this thing, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. So I think people who have gone, been through it, they will understand the pain. So then someone, if they're just starting out or they've got yeah. a couple of products, like when do you suggest that they start using so stocked? Uh, yeah, it's really when, you know, when it starts taking up their time, or too much of their time, or when they are not getting around to it or not taking the time to be able to um, implement something. Sometimes, you know, if you've got a couple of products, really managing them in a spreadsheet is, you know, the obvious first choice. Uh, so we often don't recommend necessarily that you're jumping into the software, especially when you are trying to keep your expenses down and you've got, you know, the every, every four months checking what, what softwares you can cancel, (laughs) you know, we've all played that game. And so we've actually got, um, an inventory spreadsheet that kind of a DIY inventory spreadsheet that we've built out for people like that, who are just, you know, they're working their way into a system, but they need to have a system. And so that's, you know, um, I think the benefit is just, it's never too soon to have a system, to create a system and to adopt best practices. And that's what this spreadsheet does. There's a lot of best practices baked into the the do-it-yourself spreadsheet. We have a little tutorial and I believe you guys have a link to that. And so that's the best first place to start to build those, those good habits and to start understanding those concepts so that when it does become more of a problem. You can more easily uh, transfer over into, into a system already understanding these concepts. Because a lot of, you know, probably uh, 40% of what we do, you know, the first 60% is teaching people the software. The next 40% is teaching them the principles uh, of, of good inventory management. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I think that's awesome to get people, if you don't get it now, yeah. Don't worry, you don't have to, you know, become an expert, but just get educated on how how it works, right? And the mindset behind it and the the concept. So I think that's really yeah. good. So if you're still sat here going, yeah, I've got a couple of products, but I don't really kind of think I need it right now, just educate yourself on the concepts. And yeah, I think we, we'll, we can probably put a link to that as well below. Yeah, uh, below we'll today. put a link to the, um, to the spreadsheet that you have as well and the training. Um, we'll actually also have a special rate for the listeners if they do want to sign up through through, through SoStock. Um, so you guys, Chelsea's obviously offered us a great rate for you guys to be able to sign up for the software. And I will t- say this, as far as when to sign up for a software is, is essentially, <laughs> are you spending too much time on this? Is it an actual problem in your business? If that's the case, then yes. Mm-hmm. One other thing to think about is, do you have to forecast inventory for later this year that you're not comfortable in forecasting? then maybe it's time to jump your skill set up or, you know, go find a software. For example, almost everybody, and I will say almost everybody without exception in their first or second year will run out of stock in quarter four. It pretty much is a guarantee. Mm -hmm. So if you want to help yourself not run out of stock in quarter four, understanding what cash flow you need for the rest of the year, it might be a good time to actually implement this stuff. And the one thing I do like about SoStock, um, I've, I've literally used it for like the last two months now or whatever. And when you first sign up, it actually has these little pop-ups that just mm-hmm. tell you, hey, here's what you do next. Here's what you do next. Here's what you do next. And you just have a video, like five minute video on it. 
I put it in double speed so that way I can just see it, pause it, do it, pause it, go, yep. And it's pretty easy to do. The only thing that takes time is connecting the API to the software, which may take you know up to 24 hours, I think, but you don't have to sit there and watch it do that, right? You just like go away and let the thing load and, and you'll come back later and finish the rest of it. But I think that's a pretty cool thing. Um, the, the, the spreadsheet, if you want to talk about that, because mm-hmm. there's some training, it's a little bit of a page that has a video and everything. I think, you know, if you have, you know, the simplest thing to get started for somebody who's not using any sort of inventory management right now, I think if they spent some time on this, would that, would you say that's probably the first place to start and the best place that they can actually take some action and fix some things right now? Yes. Um, yeah, because we do have a lot of those, you know, those things baked into it. The, um, buffer stock, you know, how many days worth of buffer stock you can do it in days or units. We recommend doing days worth of buffer stock because it'll fluctuate based on your velocity. So on a high, you know, on a high season, you need more buffer stock, right. than you do on a low season, for example. Um, so buffer stock is in there. There are places where you can add things like lightning deals and sales and that type of thing. So you start to get familiar with, you know, how to build out a forecast properly uh, and then once you're, there's a little bit more manual process to things like stocking out and sales spike, you need to actually indicate those things inside of the software, but it gets you to start thinking with, with inventory management. And um, I think eventually most people who most, you know, sellers who are owners of their companies are probably going to want to get out of that. Uh, so, you know, once you have those systems in place, you can then pass that on to Uh, onto a VA or onto a supply chain manager. Um, And the real key to that is actually setting some guidelines, right? What are, what is your buffer stock? What is the most you want to have at Amazon? So that you kind of have like this, um, we call them a min max, minimum and a maximum. Uh, Once you set those parameters, it becomes a lot easier for you to pass that task on to someone. And that's, I think the biggest problem with inventory management is that a lot of people don't want to do it. They don't like to do it. They don't really like the numbers aspect of it. So as soon as you get those systems in place, it becomes easier to pass those, those tasks on to somebody else and then just go to you for approvals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. cool. So, and then the other thing I think is, you know, obviously this isn't like us pitching your, your company or anything. We brought you on because you actually share incredibly great information. And I will just say, if you're saying, oh, well, this is just another software. Well, again, think about Gary. If Gary just had a software that helped him, you know, get, his inventory, right? He'd be making $15,000 more per month. And that's worth the, you know, less than $100 it costs for a software, right? So um, I think that's pretty incredible. And, and you know, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's why I'm using it, because I know that the value is that I don't have to take the time, first of all, and that I can actually make sure that my cash flow and my um, inventory is, is done. Yeah, right. I think another thing probably is to say there are some softwares that just give you information, right? But there are also softwares that provide a strategy within the information. And I think that's what the difference is. And that's, that's why we really, we not, uh, you know, we recommend certain people or certain softwares because it's actually of an added value as opposed to just, it's just feeding you information. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what the difference is. The strategy actually baked in to the tool itself, not necessarily just information and then hope for the best and figure it out. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it has been that that was, you know, kind of one of the most interesting things, you know, in this whole process was realizing how much there is to know about inventory management and how little there is out there, um, that that became something that we started doing differently is, you know, I, you know, our team talks to everyone, we personally onboard everyone, 
um, and show them how to use the software and, and give them tips on what's the best way to set up their particular business. So we have learned a heck of a lot from sellers on the different types of businesses, the different, you know, techniques and things like that. And so we now have just this expertise and we've been able to advance the tool that much faster because you've got, you know, six, seven and eight figure sellers giving you, you know, data and tools and tips and, you know, sob stories and all of these things. Uh, then we can figure out, you know, well, how could that be prevented or how could that be improved? And let's make that happen with the software. And if we didn't have those conversations, we wouldn't have been able to get there. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Cool. So before we go, uh, obviously, like we said, we'll put some stuff in the links below. So we'll have that spreadsheet. Uh, we'll have the uh, special rate for SoStock if you want to actually sign up and, and save yourself some headache and hassle. Um, do you have any other insights before we let you go about, you know, anything that you wanted to share with Amazon sellers? I guess it's just, you know, that it's, it's never too early to kind of get into inventory management and starting to think with inventory when you get into marketing. You know, I was uh, looking at someone, a post in one of the, the groups that I'm in and they talked about conversion rate and, you know, here's all the things that can improve your conversion rate. Even doing something like that where you're going to do a listing change, considering how much inventory you have, maybe it's not the right time to do the change. If you're about to run out of stock and you think that you could potentially increase, you know, by five to 10% conversion rate, like that's a huge change. Are you going to have enough inventory? So just starting to think with inventory in mind, I think becomes very important, you know, with, in terms of cash flow. If you're, if you are always thinking with cash flow and always thinking with marketing, just kind of bridging that gap and adding inventory in there will, uh, will help significantly. Fantastic. Kirsten, do you have any final questions or any, any comments about anything? I'm good. Thanks, Isaac. Awesome. I just wanted to check in because I was like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just end it and be like, hey, Kirsty, did you, you know, and then you got something you want to add that <laughs> happens sometimes. But, you know, we want to thank you, Chelsea, for all the great insights and strategies, you know, basically how to forecast and manage inventory scale and keep your cash flow in your business. Um, mm -hmm. That is an incredibly important part that I, I think a lot of people miss out. Uh, but so thank you very much for spending the time and, and explaining that to us. And guys, if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with your friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And guys, we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, Head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.